everyone, welcome back to another edition of the SBK Betting Podcast, where we've got to the middle of July and we have a midsummer treat in the shape of the July meeting at Newmarket. And by the time you listen to this podcast, it's probably already started at Newmarket on the Thursday, uh, rattles all the way through into the Saturday. But unfortunately, the weather's not really played uh, kind to us. We've got a bit of a uh, not a feeling of summer in the air. And it's actually interesting because they've watered a good bit. So it will be. Uh, curious to see if this rain that's forecast will come down and might change things as uh, we look ahead to the July Cup which will be our feature Um, but just a quick word on last week um, it was of course the eclipse which was just a fascinating race in terms of the tactics and we, we we delivered a real treat I was really pleased to see Paddington, who I put up um, at me, even money, went off at odds on. Um, he was really strong in the market before he won, um, beating Emily Upjohn in a real battle. Um, my nap, Silk Road, somehow she got beat um, at Haydock, but she did run a, a blind to finish second. Ross, um, your next best classic, delivered at sixty-one, at six to one, but hairy before the off. He got getting reshod, and it was all, it was all getting a bit delayed and the sixth one was looking okay quite generous that looks nice and then he really delivered in the sort of dying strides it was a great great finish that race and your nap je ne was a close second at 92 um quick thoughts on classic but also quick thoughts on that eclipse ross well first of all thoughts on classic i mean he finally is getting back to something like he showed as, as a two-year-old. I mean, he was only just beaten by the Foxes as a, as a two-year-old. You know, the, the ability is undoubtedly there. He doesn't look all that easy. He was still far too keen. If they find a way of harnessing that exuberance, he's definitely got the start of racing that's going to stay further. I just think he can't at the moment because he's too keen. So certainly one I'll be trying to keep on side. And then with the Eclipse, I just think the best, the best horse won. Okay, he was getting lumps of weight, but I think she'd have been there in a month of Sundays and she would never have got past his shoulder. He was always just pulling out a little bit more. Still looks quite raw. I don't think the race went exactly as Ryan Moore would have designed it to go. I think he was in front plenty soon enough. Um, I I said after his win at Royal Ascot that uh, he was impressive and if he was better over 10 furlongs, he'd want to keep on side. I'm slightly kicking myself. I went against him. Um, I did. Those are the medicines you have to take. I think he's a really... Uh, smart Colt. He's definitely the standout three-year-old to my eye. Um, And uh, I must make a a really big note in my notepad now to not oppose Paddington next time. (laughs) Yeah, especially coming back in trip. um, It was really interesting listening to Aidan O'Brien, who stood around for interviews for ages, saying that this horse horse got more speed than Lights Giants Causeway going back to a mile. They're no problem with at all. I think he's going to be a really fun horse to, to follow. And you feel like a lot more confident about his ability, especially now he's proven himself against the elders um, compared to the likes of August Rodin, who still needs to, to do that, beat the elders, which we'll see in the King George, we hope, um, in a few weeks' time. Um, while I have the opportunity, I just wanted to thank all those who got in touch with me after we sadly lost Maxid in the old Newton Cup last week. I obviously put him up as my next best and I was really, really keen on his chances, but it was truly devastating and it's going to take a long, long time um, to fully come to terms with it. But I just wanted to say really appreciate all the lovely messages that have come through for such a talented and um, really special horse to all of us at Thurlow. So thank you to everyone um, for that. Um, But we'll move on. We'll move on to this weekend 
um, the July Festival, as I said, which culminates with the Group 1 July Cup, the penultimate race of the entire meeting on Saturday. And fans of this race and little Big Bear fans were probably clinging to the edge of their seats to see whether that horse would be declared for the rematch against Shaquille, the rematch obviously being from the Commonwealth Cup at Royal Ascot. And even though I think there was... uh, I think there was a slight issue with um, Little Big Bear at the beginning of the week. They clearly have resolved it and he has been declared. And Ryan Moore rides, which means Shaquille and the most unusual, amazing circumstance had was a free spare ride for one lucky man or woman um, with last um, timeout jockey Oshin Murphy um, uh, serving his band, James Dawes at Ascot, and Ross Ryan has come in looking for his first group one. Um, Tom, I'll come to you first because, first of all, two three-year-olds that really stand out in their own division, their own age, now up against the elders. But it would have been a real shame if Little Big Bear didn't hold his ground with just the nine confirmed. It's always been that how good are the three-year-old sprinters against the elders. But for me, and I'd love to get your thoughts, they they set a very big, big benchmark. I don't really think we've got a standout sprinter from the elder generation. No, I completely agree. Three rods have won four of the last eight editions anyway. Uh, I think they hold the key to this year's renewal. I'll come back to the older horses at the end of this uh, spiel, but um, I think the two three-year-olds will have it between them. I want either Shaquille or Little Big Bet on my side. And given the latter's a bigger price, albeit he was seven to one pre-declarations, because obviously some traders didn't think he would be declared, uh, he'll definitely do for me. It's worth noting that Aidan O'Brien actually won this race with 10 sovereigns back in 2019. And he was a very similar type to Little Big Bear except for the fact that Little Big Bear's actually achieved more at this stage of his career than 10 Sovereigns has. Uh, 10 Sovereigns, interestingly, also lost in the Commonwealth Cup at a short price prior to coming to the July Cup and winning. Uh, Little Big Bear obviously stuffed last time out by Shaquille. There was no excuse for Little Big Bear on paper that day. He got a good break. He was in the best part of the track. And Shaquille actually can be marked up given he completely missed the start. However, you have to forgive horses for slightly below par performances. We say this time and time again on this podcast, um, ever since last year, I think with uh, Altior, I think he was the, the main horse, or it could have been another Hendo horse, I can't remember. Um, but you have to, yeah. Shishkin, Shishkin, that's it. Um, we have to forgive horses for a below par performance every now and again. And if that was uh, Little Big Bear's bad race, he's finished second in a group one. So, you know, it was still a good effort. It just wasn't at the same caliber we saw on his previous start or in his two-year-old career when he won the Phoenix Stakes. Um, He's a bigger price than Shaquille. I think they're quite evenly matched on that basis. And given the fact that July course is definitely going to suit this big, scopy, long-striding type, I think Little Big Bear has to be the bet. Uh, Talking about the older horses, Azure Blue's the highest up in the betting of the older uh, generation. She's taking huge strides up the grade ladder this year. I think this could be one step too many for her, though she is very consistent. Kim Ross is definitely a seven furlong horse. Um, he's just trying his hand over different trips. I know he's won over six before, but this is not his distance. And he's facing two very good three-year-olds over six furlongs. And I'm just unconvinced that Cardem's going to back up his Royal Ascot victory. Um, and then you've got the four outsiders, all of whom have performed badly on their most recent outings. So I couldn't have them. So I think it's between the three-year-olds. Little Big Bear's a bigger price. I'm having him. 
Okay, Little Big Bear to do is that exactly essentially what Ten Sovereigns did and reverse the form and really, uh, and you know, that was, I remember it being advertised versus Ten Sovereigns in the same way and advertised was down and sold was second. But I do, and I just, just checking there, seeing the, the race analysis that Ten Sovereigns, they've been very bullish about him in the, in the, in the, in the sort of days leading up and they thought that, you know, they really got him back to a better place. Um, but that hasn't been the same for Little Big Bear. He's not coming into this in a in with the perfect prep in, which you do have to be slightly concerned about, Ross. Like what exactly has been the problem, and how much of a how much of a worry might that be for Little Big Bear fans? Well, I think I'm right in saying that it was a stone bruise, Jess, which just means that he's not been able to to work. He's got a you know a, a sore foot, so you just have to have to mind it. It's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things, but they amazing number of times that stone bruises come up at the most inopportune time you know there's the sales on at the moment the number of horses that are withdrawn because they stand on the stone going out the stable to go on the box to go to the sales is just done uncanny really um and it does just add a a question mark because if he's missed work that's not ideal but i think they know where they're at with this horse in that it'll very quickly i mean this is a stallion in the making very quickly, people will start to, to ask questions if he goes too long without delivering. Very quickly, his two-year-old career gets forgotten and he simply just isn't as a valuable commodity as a stallion. So I don't think they'll be taking any chances on fitness here whatsoever, which leads me to agree with TC in that the price disparity between between himself and Shaquille is, is for me just too big because I am absolutely convinced that for whatever reason, he just did not give his running at Ascot. Now, at some point, you have to draw a line and, and, and put the two-year-old form in a box. But I still am just not quite prepared to get away from that um, Vincent O'Brien Stakes win at the Curragh, where he absolutely blew the opposition out of the water. He was nowhere near like that at Ascot. Um, you know, he took a fair bit of work to get past Swing Along. He was rated 105 going into, into the Commonwealth Cup. Um, and then possibly was a bit softened up by that. To, to, to be unable to repel Shaquille. But given that I'm convinced Little Big Bear will stay seven furlongs, he wasn't all that strong through the line at Ascot. Like, it, it just didn't look like him at all. Um, so I'm prepared to agree with TC and just say that wasn't his run. I give him another chance. I'm not sure how many times I'm going to say give him another chance, but I just can't quite shake that he just isn't head and shoulders above these guys. Um, Shaquille just concerns me he's got to get down to the start he's not easy Ross Orion is a, is a really good jockey booking but you can't say it's a positive that there's this continual change of of pilots you know um, continuity is is valuable in these in these top class races where every every little uh, pound an ounce of um, uh, benefit you can get is is worth having um, and he's drawn on the wing like he could it almost suited him to miss the break at Ascot because it meant he dropped the bridle and raced in behind the pack. If he if he ironically gets a good start here, he can be posted on the wing and he could over race. So there's a, there's enough question marks for me against him. Um, conversely, you know, like I said, little big bear, at some point you've got to leave his two-year-old form alone. At some point you have got to start taking Shaquille very seriously. And I'm, I'm just not quite there yet. I completely agree with that, uh, TC on Azure Blue. Um, I think she's been really progressive but she beat Highfield Princess half a length when Highfield Princess was on her first run and Azur Blue had had race fitness on her side I just wouldn't be quite as quick to dismiss Kinross if the rain comes um 
I know he's dropping back in in trip, but this is a stiff a stiff six. If the rain comes and he gets a bit of soft ground, he's one of these that's going to guarantee to like to like that ground. So keep an eye on that. And I completely agree with TC Ricardo. I mean, he he must be long odds to even back up anywhere near his run. I mean, it was his win at Royal Ascot was really impressive, but it was his first win for a year, and he'd not really hinted at anything like that before. So sprinters are, you know, they they do say if you run it 10 times, you get 10 different results, but I, he wouldn't be one that I'd be convinced would back up his Royal Ascot form. Yeah, and talking about jockeys, I think after the um, the win at Royal Ascot, they said Jamie Spencer is the real, real key to Cardem and not having Jamie Spencer on him. And I don't know if Rob Hornby's ever ridden him before. And again, we know Rob Hornby's, you know, won this race last year, Group 1 jockey, but I think if anything, Cardem or Shaquille, it's Cardem that you'd be more worried about jockey-wise. Um, I've got to completely disagree with both of you. I think you're both absolutely bonkers. And I don't know when you're going to start believing that Shaquille is a proper, proper horse. I talked about him before at Royal Ascot that this horse has been... And I remember James Jaw mentioning, saying that if he was able to ride the horse, he would be his best chance at Royal Ascot. And he was, he was right, but poor thing, wasn't even riding the horse. He gave me a lot of confidence the way that he talked about him. And he sat on some seriously, seriously good horses and quick horses as well. And he did something that I could not believe at Royal Ascot coming from where he did, completely missing the break. Um, he must have traded pretty big in the running, uh, big enough anyway for a race of that nature. And he went past and he won easily. He won going away in the end. And I think little Big Bear ran his race. So I completely disagree with both of you. I think he had every opportunity. Aidan O'Brien had all his horses absolutely spot on at Royal Ascot. Ryan Moore was riding to the best of his ability. And Shaquille just could not keep up the momentum when Shaquille came to him and then went away from him. So it wasn't the ideal um, circumstances. Um, he... He, he broke badly but up until that point he behaved really really well and this is the horse that in the preliminaries would have been a worry to me I stood there I watched him and he was they they handled him very well and massive credit to the Julie Camacho team for the way that they have been able to nurture this horse and bring out the best in him um I think considering and we talked about this touched on this just before we came on that he doesn't get a group one neither of them get a group one penalty neither of them Shaquille and Little Big Bear meet on exactly the same terms um one was a group one winner from uh, two one's a group one one winner at three both on nine two both receive weight from their elders Shaquille really should be giving Little Big Bear weight at this stage after that performance and yet he he comes in here with, every, I think, everything in his favour. Ross Orion has been riding out of his skin. Um, the railway stakes um, victory on when um, aboard Porto Fortuna um, at uh, in the Curra, where he beat um, Ryan Moore, was really, really like proper race riding and great to rewatch again. So he'll be happy to face off Ryan Moore um, and he deserves a group one victory the way that he's been riding this season. Um, I'm all in Shaquille. He's two to one. I think um, it'll be difficult to know. I'd TC, what are your thoughts on prices where we'll get to it come Saturday? This is keeping in mind that maybe the, gr the ground doesn't get too much on a sort of worse than good side. Um, and that there's a steady enough, there's no reason to disbelieve that either these halls can't be running, you know, as they would do today, say. Um, how do you think the prices might change? 
I think Lil Big Ben might be vying for favoritism. I have to say, I think it'll be nine to to four and two to one um, each of two. Right now, there's a whole array of prices because I don't think uh, some firms have updated since the declaration. So if you're looking on Racing Post, for example, you can see six to one for Lil Big Bear, but that's... Uh, I don't think that's even available. There are three to one. There is three to one on offer. We don't have a price at SBK right now. Um, so you'll have to tune back into the market nearer the time. But the fact that I just want to jump in on what you said about Shaquille, two things quickly. One, Little Big Bear went off, I think, 10 to 11 at Ascot. Shaquille went off at nine to one. If they go off two to one each of two, there's a 50% swing in the market, just if this was a match race between the two. I don't think Shaquille's performance warrants such a massive swing. I think Little Big Bear should be favourite still, personally, on prior efforts. And also with Shaquille. Now, I don't, I'm not saying he cannot win the race for sure. He's definitely one of the leading players alongside Little Big Bear. But he's so headstrong in the early part of the race. I think actually missing the start of that day helped him. He got cover. He was a bit keen for a few strides, but not, not as, uh, as many strides as on his previous effort. I think it was at Newbury. Um, if he breaks on terms this time, he could be really headstrong early on, and that could lose him the race against a horse like Little Big Bear. So it'd be interesting to see if they take a real patient approach, even if he breaks on terms, hold him right up out the back and then hope, for that, uh, hope to come through with that uh, late run. But if they go forward like they did in his prior effort, I think he's going to be vulnerable. Okay. Well, I think, look, you'd imagine a like of Art Power will probably break pretty strongly and does the only way that Art Power does and makes it a pretty big test out right down the middle of the middle of the straight. Um, and maybe Ross Ryan will see, see from that that it wouldn't help him just to miss the kick a little bit, but not completely miss it like he did. I don't know. I just think you're completely wrong. I think it's just a Julie Camacho thing. He should have been, he should have been half the price at Royal Ascot. He was nine to one because Julie Camacho's never had a Royal Ascot winner, never had a group one winner, and it's Aidan O'Brien. I just, I think it's just that classic could have been if it's trained by any, anyone else type of thing. And I fully believe in this horse. So let's see who gets egg on their face come Saturday. Um, yes, says that Shaquille <laughs> is a slam dunk. Let's see. I'm happy. I'm happy to be proved wrong, but I'd be even happier to prove you two wrong. So let's see um, <laughs> how how it um, how it pans out. Um, just the nine runners for the July Cup. Um, but a very good match up like we had last week indeed okay it's a very busy weekend uh, racing all over um, the country um, you've got the John Smith's Cup um, you've got racing at Ascot the Summer Mile you've got racing around the Bends at Chester that's where Holly Doyle's going to be she's been in super form this week um, there's lots to get our teeth into um, Ross because you had a pretty good weekend last weekend you can take it from take it from here and because I didn't answer back when you dressed us down. Um, <laughs> uh, You're scared of me. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know where I'm at. Um, last week was, was quite slim picking, so I was glad to find one. Actually, this week, is, there's a, there was a few to pick from. I think it's quite a good week of, a weekend of racing. Uh, but the two I've come down on, the nap is in the 420 at York. An, another nursery having gone painfully close last week. I'm going to gonna go again. Uh, and it's... Callie Nasser uh, for Brian Ellison. She made a nice debut at uh, Newcastle on your weather. She she raced away up the middle of the track, a little bit in isolation. Everything sort of developed up the far side rail. Um, she was bang there with a furlong to run and then slightly weakened and perhaps just got a bit lost racing on her own. But it was a nice, nice debut. She then followed that up with a six in the in the Hillary Needler at 
and Beverly, where she was a bit outpaced in the early stages. They went very quick early and she just struggled to, to hang on to them. But she, she did so um, and then was building up a real head of steam. And uh, Rowan Scott went for a gap up the rail. He sort of dived up the rail and the gap closed him pretty abruptly and he had to snatch her up. She was eventually beaten about four lengths uh, back in sixth, but would undoubtedly have been closer. She wasn't going to win it, but she'd have been much, much closer. And I really liked how she was rallying over the, the stiff five there. She then went to the Queen Mary, where she was just completely outclassed, frankly, um, and, and never really stood a chance. But she's got a marker 76, and it's the Hillary Needler run that really interests me. Um, Ziggy's Phoenix, who was two and a half lengths ahead of her, is on a mark of 82. Ali's, as is Tulabelle, uh, she was in third, she's on 82. And the second place, uh, Flora, Flora of Bermuda, is 91. Um, this marker 76 underestimates her. She'd have been bang in and around those, if not in front of a couple of them, with a clear run. Step up to six, Fulham is going to suit her. Um, I think it's a smart bit of training, really, to sort of effectively get her handicapped off just her second run. Um, marker 76 is, is, is below what she's going to be. And with a bit of luck, um, I think she'll win the 420. And then uh, for the for the next best, I'm going into to normally uncharted waters, really, particularly on, on this podcast. Uh, it's the 505 at Salisbury, um, the apprentice handicap. Uh, and it's actually a horse I know really well. I, I started him off in his in his career, a horse called Q20 Boy. He's been a really good servant uh, to the Usher team. Um, he's ideally suited by these apprentice races and ideally suited by stiff tracks because he finishes very, very strongly. He's absolutely tenacious. Um, he's dropped down the handicap. He was, he was second over this course, uh, a, pretty much a year ago of 62, uh, 63, sorry, he's now down to 52. That was over five furlongs. He's staying on that day. Um, he's been sort of muddling around fourths and fifths and sixths. He was fourth last time, uh, under this jockey claims, uh, seven just never, ever got a run. The door just kept closing. Katrine Holm, I don't think she did an awful lot wrong. And what I quite liked was that she stayed composed when she must have been feeling so frustrated at being sat on stacks of horse with nowhere to go. Um, she'll know him now from, from, from that run. I think he does take a bit of knowing. He's, he's, you know, he does require a certain way of riding. He'll require some gaps. Um, but I think Salisbury, six furlongs, an apprentice race where they'll go fast early because they you know, will perhaps ride to instruction a bit. You can often get five or six that are told to be handy and then they'll all try and be forward and they end up pushing a, an overly strong pace. Um, she'll know that she needs to sit off that pace. If the pace collapses, he'll be finishing strongest. Uh, and my old mate, Q20 boy, is the next best. OK, good luck to Catherine Holm looking for her first win. Uh, looks to me on, on her fifth ride. So Q20 boy um, and Kalanasa for Ross. OK, um, TC, I know that we've, we're matching on our nap, so I'll let you uh, go for it because we probably could both like wax lyrical a little, little bit about this horse um, based on what we saw first, first time out. So um, what is it? Yeah, we were completely contrasting with our July Cup views, but we're in uh, harmony here with the 325 at Newmarket, a horse called City of Troy. Now, Charlie Appleby has actually had uh, Aidan O'Brien's number in the superlative stakes over the last decade, really, uh, with four wins compared to Aidan O'Brien's one. However, I think the tide is ready to turn this year, as I loved City of Troy's debut. 
He has a superb pedigree as well. Uh, he's by Triple Crown winner Justify out of 2014 Phillies Mile winner Together Forever. Just a fantastic pedigree, which suggests he's going to excel over middle distances around a mile four, one mile two. Uh, he's also a full brother to this year's London Gold Cup winner and King George V stakes third Bertinelli, again, over one mile two, one mile four. So his future lies over uh, much further trips. However, on debut, he showed an abundance of speed and the way he hit the line was superb. He was just hitting his fifth gear. He didn't even go into sixth gear. And I really think this horse has a huge ceiling. He ran to an RPR of 96 that day. You generally need to hit around 110 to win the superlative. I think that's well within his uh, compass. And I think City of Troy will win the 325 at Newmarket. And the next best, I'm going to give you two next bests, both in the same race. Uh, slightly rogue next best this week with Q20 Boyd and Apprentice Handicap and two in one race from me. Um, but it's the 235 at York and the horses are Kurdos and Great State. Two horses I've put up before on this podcast. Uh, they're 10 to 1 and 8 to 1 respectively. So, you know, you could do far worse than split your stakes and back both. Um, they're two three-year-olds. Kurdos featured in my Royal Ascot eye-catcher piece uh, because just the way he hit the front in the Palace of Holyrood House, he raced down the middle in that uh, event and gem all the horses generally came towards stand side, so it probably wasn't the place to be. Yet when the camera panned as Kurdos was making his move, he was going two to everything else as one, really quick and nicely, and unfortunately only just got done in the dying strides because he hung about seven lengths uh, across the track to try and join his foe. Um, the fact that he was even able to compete from that draw, I think, suggests he's well capable of winning this race. And the other one is Great State, who bolted up over this course and distance on his penultimate outing. Ross and I were all over him. I don't know if you were, Jess, as well. Uh, last time out at Sandown, um, when it was a short price, he travelled into the race pretty poorly. He was ridden along in the early stages. Then he got to the uh, right next to the, the leaders and the jockey eased up slightly. Then the two uh, protagonists went forward and Great State couldn't put, uh, peg them back. I think the more galloping nature of York uh, going back to this venue will definitely suit him. And at 8-1, I definitely won a bit on uh, Great State as well. If you were to push me, Kurdos will be the stronger of the two. But as I say, I'll be splitting my stakes. Yeah, that was gut-wrenching. I remember seeing Ross Ryan coming back in on um, Kurdos when he just got beaten by um, um, Rhythm and Hooves. And uh, yeah, gave a had a really good run that day, Kurdos. Um, so yeah, that's a good city of walls, isn't it? Um, I think sometimes York can get a little bit lost in the in the crowd on Saturday, but it's a really, really good card um, indeed. And yeah, I've got to echo what um, TC has said about City of Troy. He's my nap as well. He's a horse that at the moment, just looking at anti-postmark, He's already 14 to 1 second favourite for the 2000 Guineas um, and he's 16 to 1 for the for the Derby. He's That's what that. I want. 16s for the Derby, Jess. Yeah. Do you remember the last time we agreed about the Derby at this kind of stage? Was it Desert Crown? I think it, it might was. have been. Yeah, it was after he won. At, it was later in the year at Nottingham. But um, yeah, sometimes it's worth following when we picked out a two-year-old um, and try and do what Ross does so well. Um, but we, I, I, I was lucky enough to be at the Curra that day when he won. And you, I can't underestimate how hard, how tough that headwind was it was so strong horses really had to battle their way through it um that was one of the the reasons that they gave of august rodan's disappointing effort um i think it was probably slightly worse on the sunday than it was on the saturday but you still had to have quite a good mindset and constitution to be able to go through it and i think i was really impressed with him um to battle against the elements in his first time out um beautiful looking horse um as tc said it's got the pedigree and i um i'm looking forward to seeing take what looks to be an obvious next step um so city of troy my nap and then my next best i there's so many i could have 
um, given. But I, I love the um, John Smith's Cup. It's a race that um, I, um, I follow greatly and I'm always intrigued to see what trainers, some of the bigger trainers throw their horses in thinking that they might have something that's uh, sort of on a on a good mark for a race like this. It's, they always go hard. Last year, it was a really good renewal and Mark won it. And he actually beat a horse of ours, Achilles, um, who she was 25 to 1 that day, and of Andrew Balding. Now, Andrew has got a really good record in the race. Um, he won it a couple of years ago with Johnny Drama. He also won it with Puvine back in 2019. He's got um, an interesting selection of horses. I like Nobel. Uh, Kieran Fallon's on board, got a £5 penalty, um, and still has quite a nice racing weight of 8 so 9. Um, he is a horse I know they thought a lot of back in his two-year-old days. Um, he got um, uh, an injury which saw him out for most of his three-year-old season, came back with a big win. He's had wind surgery. He's had lots of, they sort of dealt with a few problems and niggles that he's had, but he showed himself, showed to be, you know, definitely well ahead of his handicap mark when bolting up and beating some useful enough benchmarks and some useful enough horses. I'm in behind him at Newcastle last time. He made a bit of a mockery of them. This is tougher, but I think they have always had held him in really high regard for a yard that's going really well and in around 10 to 1 that's not a bad each way bet I don't think for a race like this um so Nobel for me in the John Smith's Cup um so that is it for our racing this weekend um hopefully we found something interesting hopefully you're either with me and taking the wise route with Shaquille or you're with the uh, two nutters on the podcast um but we'll see how that pans out this time next week don't forget all new SBK users get 30 pounds in free bets when they sign up and bet £10 for the first time. Make sure to subscribe, whatever podcast channel um, you listen to us on, or you can watch us on YouTube. There's plenty of more content appearing on our YouTube channel as well. So make sure you enjoy that. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>